This is the Andrew Lake Podcast, and in this episode, we're talking about Gene Gebser, the developmental psychologist who proved that we only think five things. As a title of this conversation, I've called it, You Only Think Five Things. Now, on the surface, this might seem a bit strange. You might be telling yourself, this isn't true. I think all sorts of things. I'm thinking about a whole array of different aspects of my life at different times throughout my day. And of course, this is true on the surface, but here we really want to get at the root of thinking. We want to get at what ways you think, what processes you use to think, because the content of thought is different to the method of thought. This would be like the different programs on your computer. Now, all programs have some sort of typing, or the majority of programs have some sort of typing, so they all have words and lettering on them. But they are distinctly different in how they handle the words how they process the words, and how much of a role the words take up in that process. Jean Gibser, J-E-A-N-G-E-B-S-E-R, is a developmental psychologist who came up with a theory of how human consciousness evolves. His model of psychology has six waves of development, or what we might call six stages of psychological development. So these are the clear, distinct methods of thinking that he identified. He distilled these waves, or methods, by doing cross-cultural and interdisciplinary analysis. So he analysed the development of poetry, music, art, architecture, philosophy, religion, physics and science. He was trying to find out what was common among all these things and working out how these things change and how they evolve. As a part of integral theory, these waves of development make an appearance. Integral theory, as I've mentioned before, is pioneered by Ken Wilber. So 
it deserves a mention here because Wilbur has taken the waves of development that Gene Gebser has identified and expanded it and fleshed out the descriptions that we can have within each wave of development. So as I mentioned, there's six waves of development, and these are six ways of thinking. And I'm going to describe them to you and think about whether or not this is true, whether or not this makes sense to you. And as we go along in our conversation, maybe we can think about some of the different ways that these methods of thinking apply. So Gebser had six waves of development, but the first one is what we call archaic. And this isn't so much as a way of thinking because the archaic level of development happens when you're not really distinguishing yourself from the world. You don't really have the ability to speak and put things into words. You don't have a translational or symbolic ability to navigate reality. This is seen in newborn babies, infant children, who haven't had much of a conceptual development happen yet. The archaic wave of development is also known as origin, or source, or the ultimate, or the thing with which everything is connected, or the background noise of reality. So if you hear a New Age spiritual guru or a modern mystical teacher talking about psychology, he might reduce psychology to source. In fact, source might be one of his favorite words. He might tell you that you are source. He might tell you that you are from the well of creation. You are the ultimate. And in a sense, that's true because there is an ultimate truth. There is a background to everything, but that's not the entire story. There is still a relative story that we are living inside of. There is still a finitude aspect to our experience of life. This first wave of development, the archaic wave, is zero-dimensional. And if you understand much about the number zero, you know that it's equal to the number infinity. But we need to continue on in our relativity and our distinguishing fashion and remember that everything stems from the archaic level of development. We're all infants before we are children. We're all babies before we start to grow up. The second wave of development is the first wave that has words emerge from it. This is the magic wave of development, and it comes out of the archaic wave of development. Magic is the explanation of things as being just animated because they are. They just do things just because. And the explanation 
of things is only one-dimensional. Why does the tree move when the wind blows? Why does the thunder and the lightning happen when it rains? Why does the sun rise on one side of the world and set on the other side of the world? How is it that nature springs forth and behaves in the way that it does? These sort of questions are answered with magic. These are explained by just saying that it's magic and that's a good enough explanation. This one-dimensional way of thinking is nested in all the following waves of development and we'll see how it's connected. Each wave grows on top of the first or the predecessor and each preceding wave needs to be connected to each one that's forthcoming. You don't have magic without the archaic. And we'll be noticing more the dynamics between each of the preceding stages as new stages unfold. At the magic stage, symbols and objects are confused as the same thing. What you say about the wind and the stars and the weather is the same as what it actually is. You believe that it has the same reality to it, the same mode of existence to it. And the magic way of thinking occurs in younger children who are usually just around starting school, about four or five years old. And that's why they're often so gullible and you can tell them things that are a bit far-fetched to an older child, such as believing in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. Moving on from the magic wave of development, we have the mythic wave of development. So this is two-dimensional explanations. And the mythic wave of development is concerned with stories. It's aware that events repeat themselves. And there's an opening up in the ability to reflect on our own situation in the world. Stories explain things by putting them into a timeline. Events happen one after the other. There is a cause and effect. Events happen to characters and the characteristics of the characters or the traits of the characters is what defines the nature and the truth of the story. At the mythic wave of development, the thoughts and words are put into linear linkages and they all depend on the start and the end of what that story is. Where the magic stage just says it is how it is, the mythic stage is more aware of the nature of time. And therefore, that kind of thinking starts to have a better ability to predict the future. 
it has a better awareness of how events change and how we can harness our understanding and our interaction with the environment around us. Moving on from the mythic level of development or wave of development, we have the rational wave of development. This is three-dimensional thinking. It's logical thinking. It's coming up with deeper reasons. It's finding out the answer to the question, why? The rational stage has three components to it. It's a process which is much more mathematical and orderly. And the rational process goes like this. You have a thesis or a statement for how things are. Then you have an antithesis. Now this can come in a few forms. It can be something that is contradictory to your original thesis. Or it can be something that is a contradiction to your original thesis. So you can have options of how you colour your thesis. And then the third stage is the synthesis of these two things. So you have a thesis or a statement, and then you have your antithesis or your statement that goes against your original statement. And then you have a synthesis of the two, which moves to a higher complexity. In the mythic realm, the story that you tell is simply taken for granted. It's only as complicated as a thesis. There's no comparing other stories with other stories or finding out the deeper reason why the story is the best story or choosing that which is better than another. The rational wave of development is more prone towards doing than being. It's not really so much interested in understanding so much as it's interested in instrumental gain or practicality or what we might say actually making real world results. It wants the tangible to come into being and the mythic realm of development and the magic realm doesn't really do as much as the rational world in changing the world, in bringing about better improvements to the materials that we have at our disposal. Our world global culture at the moment is largely operating from this rational wave of development. And rationality is what's given birth to the science and the technology of our age. Science only works with a thesis, an antithesis, and a synthesis. The development of technology can only work with this process of having an idea, testing to see if it works, and then using the results that are better and discarding the results that are worse. Rationality for a lot of people is a mode of dismantling and reducing the previous stages. 
rational debaters like to put down the mythic way of thinking and, of course, the magic way of thinking, though the majority of people don't have much magic in them. They have only a very small part in them, or at least that's what it would appear on the surface, and we'll find out more about that as we keep discussing. So the first wave is magic, the second wave is mythic, and the third wave is rational. And all this is on the background of the source or archaic wave of development. Now the fourth way of thinking is the pluralistic. The pluralistic wave of development goes beyond rationality. Pluralistic worldview usually doesn't arise until we've grown to late adolescence and early adulthood, whereas rationality builds through early adolescence and teenage years. Where rationality is three-dimensional, pluralistic is many-dimensional, as its name implies. But it's not all-dimensional. It doesn't have every dimension. It's limited by the ways of thinking and ideas and pictures of reality or explanations of reality that it can be aware of or that it has in its bag of tricks. The pluralistic way of thinking is the first wave that realises that you might have a different way of thinking to the way that I think. In the mythic stage of development, the story is the story. You cannot argue with it. It's set in stone. It's written in a book. It's given from a higher power. At the rational stage of development, the best answer and the only answer is the one with the best reasons. It's got to have the correct reasons, the deepest reasons, and the one that prevails is the one who can come up with the right reasons. And that's the thing that we should be going for. But the pluralistic wave of development realises that you can come up with all sorts of reasons for things. You can come up with all sorts of reasons that are positive and negative and based on all sorts of presuppositions and kinds of evidence and ways of thinking and philosophies and concepts and dynamics and contexts and information and all of that. So the pluralistic stage is one step more complicated than the rational stage. Now, these stages aren't without their pathologies, their extremities, and their downsides. The pluralistic stage at a reductionist level reduces everything to equal value, because if your way of thinking is good for you, and my way of thinking is good for me, then that must mean there's no right way. This is a swing from ultimate truth all the way back to relative truth. And relative truth without ultimate truth leaves us with no truth. Because if it's all relative, then it's all wrong. Truth is one of the lines that we can put through these waves of development. Each wave of development has a different way of answering the question, 
what is truth. And if you think about what is magic, what is mythic, what is rational, and what is pluralistic, then you can answer the question, what is truth, in quite a distinct way. Now we come to our fifth and final way of thinking. We've got our magic, we've got our mythic, we've got our rational, we've got our pluralistic, and this is the final way of thinking that Jean Gebser has discovered. It's the top of the waves. It's the final frontier of human thought. And this wave of development he called integral. At the integral wave of development, the person involved in making their explanations is aware that there are different ways of explaining things. We have to be careful to make this distinction between integral and pluralistic. Because on the surface, they sound the same, and they really need to have a subtle nuance between them so that we don't get caught up in the reductionism of pluralism. Jean Gibson described the integral way of explaining things as transparency. It is with something, but different to something. It's involved in something but it's not the same as something. The paradox of togetherness and separateness is resolved. The same but difference contradiction no longer holds sway over the explanations of the person who has integral thinking. Integral is the realization of the whole. It's a holistic way of seeing things, without reducing things to that whole and allowing different things to have their separateness, their uniqueness. I'd like to share a personal story of a realization that I had when I was thinking about these waves of development. I had just learnt about it, and I was thinking it through. I was trying to work out, is this true? Is there such thing as integral thinking? Is there such thing as transparency? And one morning, I was standing outside of the bank. I was there early, I had an errand to do, and I was thinking about integral transparency. As I stood outside the front of the bank, I looked into it, and I thought, What is transparency? What is a real-life example of transparency, like cellophane or glass? And as I stood there, looking into the bank, I saw that there were glass doors right on the front. And I could see my reflection, faintly, ever so faintly, in the front glass doors. And if someone walked past... I could also see their reflection. I could see a whole bunch of things around in the reflection of the glass. And I thought, well, this glass is transparent. Let me move my focus back another level. And then there was the second set of glass doors. 
and I was looking into the bank, seeing where my reflection is on that second set of glass doors. And I could see it. I could see there was a smaller reflection. It was slightly different to what I looked like in the first set of reflections. But there was definitely another reflection through the transparency of the first doors into the second doors. And as I expanded my field of focus, I saw that there was actually quite a few different layers of transparency in the glass of the bank. There was the first two doors, and then there was also the teller's glass, and then there was also a reflection even behind that where they had their promotions and their marketing materials. And I was comparing all this to the actual overall picture that I saw because, of course, some areas in my field of vision didn't even have reflection and transparency in them. And within my reflective field of vision and within parts of the glass, I could see what was behind me. I could actually see things that were on the other side of the road behind my back. It was like I had eyes on the back of my head and I could focus on that part of the reflection and see the cafe on the other side of the road in clear detail. And it was quite clear what was happening over there. I could see people ordering, people doing their do and going about their business. And all I had to do was just change my field of focus. So I was thinking about this and I thought, wow, isn't that a perfect explanation of what integral means? Think about it. We've got transparency and yet every layer exists at exactly the same time. Every layer was reflecting a different me. And in a sense, they were also exactly me. They were also an exact reflection of me and also the other things around me. So I think that's a beautiful metaphor to help us understand what integral means. Now, I said at the start of this conversation that you only think five things. And to prove this, or to disprove this, you do have to do a little bit of homework. There are a number of exercises that you can think up for yourself in order to test this. For example, you can write a journal and then analyze whether you're being magical, mythical, rational, pluralistic, or integral. Or you can be simply mindful of your thoughts throughout the day. Another way might be to talk to someone, have a conversation with someone, and ask yourself, is it about magic, about mythic, about rational, about pluralistic, or is it integral? Don't worry too much about trying to make things integral. In fact, if you're doing homework and coming up with a exercise for identifying these kinds of thoughts in you, you don't actually need to do the integral. Because when you identify the other ways of thinking, you are simply being integral because you're being meta. So you don't even need to make integral into a thing of its own. 
you only need to be aware that you are using the different ways of thinking. For the mindfulness practice, there's only one thing you need to do. And that is, ask yourself this question. You'll be going along your day, doing what you do, and you'll be thinking, and hopefully you'll remember to ask this question. Now, you have to remember to ask this question. If you forget about it, it's not going to work. You're not being mindful. You have to write yourself a note or set yourself a reminder or realize the significance of these words or really get on board with the importance of identifying these ways of thinking and remind yourself to ask this question. What kind of thinking am I thinking right now? Now, you can literally do this while you're listening to me speak. If you're listening to me think, you're listening to me speak, and you're coming up with rationalizations, you're listening to the thesis, coming up with an antithesis, and then combining it, then you are rational in your response to my speaking. If you are mythic, then you're coming up with a story about how my personality and my own motives fit in with the words and the content of my speaking. Now, if you're operating mostly at the math magic realm of development, you're probably not listening to me at all. You've probably tuned out long ago because even to be able to get close to pluralistic and integral, you need to have a strong grasp of magic, mythic, and rational. And most likely, if you're listening to me, you're actually pluralistic. You're actually ready for the integral jump because the pluralistic is able to inhibit and take on different perspectives. You're able to listen to people's points of views and consider things from their point of view. The pluralistic stage is the, the stage that really starts to get quite a lot of power to it because it can see things from different angles and it can learn from many sources at once. Pluralistic is a lot more open-minded. In fact, open-mindedness is something that expands as you move up these waves of development. Now, as for progress, we do need to be careful. Now, developmental psychology is sometimes spun in the way that it's all about progress. It's all about moving from one wave to another. So if this was my stance, if this was my understanding of developmental psychology, what I would be saying to you is, if you are mythic, you need to evolve to rational. If you are rational, you need to move to pluralistic and so on and so forth. I would be urging you to develop yourself to the next higher stage. I would be telling you, you need to evolve, you need to make progress, you need to become more successful in your way of thinking. And there's something quite important about that way of thinking. We really do need to keep that in mind and be aware of it, so I don't want to downplay it. But there is another explanation to developmental psychology. And this is something that Ken Wilber quite eloquently identifies when he's discussing these waves of development. And this is that the waves of development are actually already there within you. 
These are structures that already exist. There's nothing you can do to build them. There's nothing you can do to create them. All you need to do is to become aware of them. And if you've been listening along, you can notice this because we've been analysing the different waves of development from the integral point of view, even from the very beginning. So you've been able to understand my reasons, you've been able to follow the story, you've been able to suspend belief for a moment, and that's the magic stage, is suspending belief in order to be convinced of something, and you've been able to understand my point of view, your listening to it from my point of view, and that's you exhibiting the pluralistic stage of development. And all of that at once, we put the meta view on to, and that is the integral stage of development. This is your transparency shining through. This is your ability to focus your gaze on the different panes of glass outside of the bank in the morning. So set yourself a reminder. And ask yourself the question, what way am I thinking now? And you have to do this on a regular basis for you to become in the habit of analyzing your thoughts. And that's simple mindfulness. That's a mindfulness practice. This is the way in which we, sorry, this is the options that we have for analyzing that question or answering that question. Now, what I'd like to do is ask a few philosophical questions and we can answer them through all the waves of development. So this will help you expand which wave is what and how to distinguish them and how they all solve different problems. It's also going to help you with using them and distinguishing them as things unto themselves. So here are some questions or philosophical questions or just general questions that we can use to identify what stage we're operating from at a point in time. So question one, how can I convince you of something? In other words, what is proof? At the magic stage of development, it just is. It's the way it happened, and that's all you need to know. If you're operating from the mythic stage of development, for me to convince you of something, I need to put it into a story. I need to tell you a beginning, a middle, and an end. I need to tell you about a character. I need to tell you about a set of complications and a climax and a resolution. And if you really think about it, some, sometimes throughout the day we, we do tell ourselves stories. We do think in stories and our explanation is a story. And it's sometimes for little things, it's sometimes for big things, but we still use the mythic way of thinking even if we've moved on to other things. How can I convince you of something in terms of the rational wave of development is I just have to give you enough reasons. If you're rational, 
through and through to your core, then I just need to come up with more and more reasons. And when I come up with more and more reasons, you'll be convinced. Now, how can I convince you of something from the pluralistic stage would be that we show you many different answers and many different kinds of proof. It would be a number of different categories of things that will convince you. Probably mythic and magic and rational. And integral is the meta way of convincing you of something. If you're integral, you don't really need to be convinced of something because you are on board with it and you're able to navigate around it from many points of view. It's not an issue for you. It's There are no contradictions for you. It's all about how you make your way through the different angles and understand the different points of view. So integral is a lot more fluid and a lot more freeing than the previous stages. Now, all those answers that I've given you are also how you explain something. So that's what you can do to identify where you're at is what is the explanation of something? Is it a story? Is it a reason? Or is it pluralistic? Now, I think we need to be clear about what Ken Wilber calls the center of gravity. So this might seem to contradict what we've previously said about all stages being present. And in an ultimate sense, they are all present. But in a relative sense, what we have is what's called the center of gravity. So we all have a majority of the time that we are operating at one of these stages or ways of thinking. You might have a little bit of pluralistic in you and a little bit of mythic in you on either side of rational thinking, for example. So this brings me to my next philosophical question, question three. What is confusing to you? So if someone offers you an explanation and that explanation is inadequate or that explanation is not good enough for you, then that should tell you that it's from a wave of development which is further outside your center of gravity. In fact, it might be so far outside your center of gravity that it seems like a complete contradiction and completely wrong. So if you are saying something is wrong, it's simply not within your world of possibilities. It's not within your paradigm of possibilities. And this is why integral theory has the coined term that everybody is right, but only in a certain way, only within a certain context. It's about embracing all forms of relative truth and working out where they all fit inside this bigger picture. Another philosophical question that we can ask ourselves to identify waves of development is, what are words? It's quite a fascinating question when you think about it. What are words? What is it that I'm doing with my mouth? 
What are these sounds that are landing on your ears as you listen to my voice? What can we say about them, ultimately, relatively? What truth do they hold? So, at the magic wave of development, words are power. If you say the word, then it will happen. And this is the same as the shamanic leader casting a spell on someone, or casting a blessing on someone, or cursing someone. At the magic realm, words are the final power. At the mythic wave of development, words are an image, they're a picture, they're a description of something, they're more poetic. And they're not quite as final as the magic description of what words are. When we get to the rational wave of development, words are a formula. They're more like maths. They're a mode of creating data and data analysis in order to manipulate the world. And this is how development and Technology go hand in hand in the rational world because we can use data and use language to overcome the world. So if you think about the architecture of a building, it's quite difficult to make a modern building like a skyscraper without architecture, without formulas, without maths. In fact, it would be impossible to extract the materials from the ground and erect these huge office buildings that are central city without the power of words and the formulation of words in an instrumental way. When we get to the pluralistic wave of development, words are all equal because they become manipulated so far out that they turn inside out. And this is when words become meaningless in a sense. They become void of their power because they've done all that they can do and when you've done everything that you can do there's nothing left that you can do so at the pluralistic stage words are all sort of reduced to their common meaning and that's one of the downsides of pluralism it's the loss of meaning because there's been so much meaning brought in. It's a full circle. It's a full loop. But of course, the pluralists don't see that the full loop all needs to fold back in on itself. And that's how you get from pluralistic to integral. How you use words can be done in all these different ways. It's not that one of these ways of using words is better than the other. Sometimes we do need to use words of power. Sometimes we need need to use words as an image of illustration. And sometimes we need to use words for instrumental real-world change, like taking real action. And of course, if we're looking at words in all these different ways, we're being pluralistic. We're embracing the different worldviews. And... That's our step towards integral thinking. The last question I'd like to ask philosophically to skewer our waves of development is this. What are other people? 
philosophically, I think this is a fascinating question. We don't have to just answer it philosophically, we can also answer it psychologically. We can also answer it scientifically, and we can also answer it in a literal way. I think it's a conversation we might have to save for another day, but perhaps that can be something you can think about. And how would you apply these different waves of development to the question, what are other people? So we've got our five ways of thinking. Things are magical, and they don't need much more of an explanation than that. Things are mythical, and they're set within a story. Things are rational, and they have their reasons for being. Or things are pluralistic, and they're multidimensional. But ultimately, they're all integral, because they all have a nest in the archaic background, in the ultimate. I hope you've been stimulated enough to start thinking about these things and start collating your thought content into these different banners. Because if you can get a hold on this, you can really start to understand what it is that you're thinking and in which way. And you can even start to experiment with embracing the different waves of development. Sometimes it's good to just let things be magical. You don't want to say too much about it. A beautiful sunset. The waves on the beach. Poetry, song, and dance. Those magical moments that seem a little bit degraded if you try and put it into words and talk about it too much. You can put things into a story. You can explain things in a story sort of way. And of course, you can come up with better and better reasons, and you can brainstorm your reasons and build a strong web of reasons even though they are nested in a background of other worldviews and other ways of thinking. If you consciously think about some things, they are best come at from a multidimensional way of thinking. And that's where we start to apply the pluralistic thinking. And if you can do all that, all of it's considered to be integral thinking, because you're making use of all the ways of thinking in a conscious way. That's all I have to say about the waves of development. You can find out more about Gene Gibson and Ken Wilbur in your own time if you'd like to do so, if you found this interesting. Thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll be back soon with more. Have a beautiful day.